Welcome to the LifePoint Palm Bay Sermon Podcast. We encourage you to make copies of this message, but please don't charge for those copies. If you'd like to know more about LifePoint Palm Bay, please visit LifePointPB.com. Hello, church. Welcome back to House to House. This is episode 5 on April the 8th, 2020. Today at 6 p.m., Passover officially begins. And that's significant for a couple of reasons. One is, as you remember, we were supposed to have a Seder meal tonight as a church. We were going to uh, do that together, take the meal as a traditional Jewish family would, and to be part of that. And, and I'm sad that we're not able to do that together. I hope you are as well. And Lord willing, we'll be able to schedule that sometime in the future. But we're, I still want to talk a little bit about Passover because it's very significant. And Seder, that, that term Seder, literally it's a Hebrew word that simply means order or process. And it came to be a term used for the meal that was, was held uh, on Passover night uh, to kind of start the celebration. It was Passover was the first feast, followed by seven days of unleavened bread, and then first fruit. So it was really three feasts in one. But Passover was the beginning of that. Out of Passover is where we have our Lord's Supper. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. As we're doing this together, uh, I want to show you a couple of things uh, that will kind of help you. And the design of this house to house is so that you can have the Lord's Supper with your family or, or with those who are gathered in your home. You're able to take and use this as a springboard to help you be able to have Passover together. And really when we say Passover, we're talking about having the Lord's Supper. And let me show you a couple of things though that I think will help you in that. One is the Seder plate. Now you don't need one of these. We're not really gonna use this for, uh, for our purposes today, but it's just here to give you an idea. And when we do the Seder together at church, you'll be able to see all the different components of Passover and how they represent the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful picture. We won't really be using that today. And this one is one that I bought a number of years ago. Obviously they wouldn't have had anything like this in Jesus' day but it's something that's part of many Passover celebrations today. I also want you to be able to see this, and if I can hold it up without dropping everything out of it, but this is a cover or a holder for the afikoman. We're gonna talk about the afikoman. You say, what in the world is the afikoman? You and I know that Jesus said he is the bread of life. In Passover, there was this um, celebration, this meal that took place, but there was also a remembering, going back and looking at all that had happened and them coming out of Egypt and being delivered. They would come out and, and there would be a, a remembering, a retelling, if you will, of the story of coming out of, out of Egypt. Part of that is coming to the meal, and when they came to the meal, they would have the bread. If you can see in here, which is probably difficult to do, but there are three compartments in this. Now, what's amazing to me is that many who are Orthodox Jews, if they don't believe in Jesus as Messiah, they're looking at this, they're having this meal, but not necessarily seeing the significance that you and I would see as followers of Jesus Christ. There are three compartments in this cover, and there are different reasons historically given why there are three compartments, but you and I know why there are three compartments, because there are three members of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The center compartment is called the afikoman. It is the bread that is in the middle that would be taken out, and this would be part of the celebration. It would be taken out, it would be broken in half, they would wrap up in a napkin or cloth, they would wrap it up, and then the father, the grandfather, whoever is leading the ceremony, 
he would take and he would hide this. Now sometimes it's hidden very easily because they want the children to find it later. Sometimes he might just stick it behind him. Sometimes he might take it and put it in a place where they could look for it. There's been different ones who have speculated as to when and where this started. It is believed that the practice started in the Middle Ages. And one of the reasons they say is to help children pay attention in a long ritual. And so it was a game for them to think about who's, where's the afikoman and where's it hidden. The word afikoman literally means that which comes later. Some even say the dessert. But the picture here is of the centerpiece of bread, which we would see as the Lord Jesus Christ, broken and hidden, going to be resurrected later in this ceremony. This is a picture of what we celebrate when we have the Lord's Supper, because it was at that moment in the Lord's Supper where Jesus stopped and he says, this is my body, which is broken for you. He stopped and he showed them bread that would look very much like this. This is, it's very flat, if you can see that on the camera. It has no leaven in it because leaven is a picture of sin. It has stripes on it, which again, you probably cannot see on the camera, but it has stripes because the scripture says that by, by his stripes we are healed. If you hold it up to the light, you can see holes in it because the scripture says that Jesus was pierced for our iniquities. And then there also on this piece of matzah bread, there are, there are burn marks because the wrath of God for the sins of mankind was poured out on Jesus Christ. He bore that penalty. Now, we've done this many, many times together as a church where we've taken the Lord's Supper. And during this Passion Week, we would normally gather to have the Lord's Supper together. I encourage you to take time and get the elements together where you are and take the Lord's Supper at some point during this Passover season. Now, you say, Troy, I don't have any matzo bread. Use whatever bread you have or crackers. I like wheat thins. If you all got wheat thins, use wheat thins. Um, you say, Troy, I don't have the right juice or whatever. Use what you've got. Use the drink that you have. Again, these are representative. They're pictures, they're types to remind us of Jesus because what's really important is that our focus and our attention and our heart is turned back to Him. And so I encourage you to be able to do this during this time. We're going to do something different. Normally these Wednesday sessions are a little bit shorter than this. This one's going to be a little bit longer because right now the team's going to come and they're going to share some worship with you. And you could do a couple things here. You could join in and worship with them. That's always appropriate. You may just want to sit quietly as they lead you in worship. Kind of press into the Lord. Take some time and focus on Jesus as the bread of life. And then take this together. Once you've taken whatever time you need, then we're going to invite you to come back and we're going to look at the cup of redemption. Welcome back, church. I, uh, I trust that was meaningful time as you take the Lord's Supper there in your home. And again, I look forward to the time when we can do this all again together. Maybe one of the first things we'll do when we get back together as a church. Let's talk about the cup of redemption. Um, in Passover, in the Seder meal, there would be three cups. The first cup would be the cup of sanctification. You see this in Deuteronomy chapter 6. As a matter of fact, all these cups, you'll see where they came from out of Deuteronomy chapter 6. There would be the sanctification, the setting apart. The second cup is the cup of deliverance. This is where the Lord delivered them out of Egypt, out of bondage and slavery, and often using this to talk about the ten plagues. And then you would come to the third cup. This is, the third cup is right at the, as the meal begins. This is where Jesus would have stopped and said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread that's broken. My body is this bread that's broken for you. He would have also at that same time taken the cup, the third cup. This is called the cup of redemption. And Jesus would have taken that cup. He would have said, this is the new covenant in my blood. New covenant. New covenant leads us to believe there was an old covenant. 
If there's something new, that means something old preceded it. What was the old covenant? Jesus says, my blood is a symbol of the new covenant. It's, it's purchasing for you a new covenant. It's sealing it, if you will. What was the old covenant? The old covenant was the agreement that God made with his people. He would do his part. God always does his part. They would follow him. He would be their God. They would serve him only. They would have no other gods. They would focus and follow him. They would obey him. Um, and he would provide for them. He would love them. He would there would be this unity, this fellowship, this community that would take place. The problem is, is that the Israelites failed at it. And before we get too critical of them, you and I have failed at it as well. And so the Lord comes and he says, you broke the first covenant. And he knew they would. That's the reason there's this elaborate sacrificial system in the Old Testament. Because, because they broke their, their commitment, their covenant, a sacrifice had to be made. It was done regularly. It happened yearly for the nation. And then there were other sacrifices that happened throughout the calendar year. But this happened as an atonement for their sin when they broke covenant with God. This was the, sacri the sacrifices that we see in the Old Testament. When Jesus comes, he says, I am going to be the sacrifice. John, when he first saw him, and John 1 said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He becomes the sacrifice, this eternal, forever, complete sacrifice. No longer do we have animals, bulls and goats, and all of those things that have to be sacrificed. Jesus now becomes that sacrifice. He's holding up that cup. He's saying, this is the new covenant in my blood. And what is he saying? He's saying, I'm going to do what you cannot do. I am going to pay for all that you have done and all that you will do. I am going to fulfill the terms of the covenant with the Father. And you and I simply enter into it by faith. I want to read you a couple of verses. These are very, very significant and, and allowing us to see this. In Hebrews chapter 7, it says, But he, verse 22, excuse me, verse 21, But he became a priest with an oath when God said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. He's talking about Jesus Christ. He's a, a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Because of this oath, verse 22 says, Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. Now what does that mean? Chapter 9 of Hebrews goes on. But when Christ came as high priest of, of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, it's not part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and of calves. That's what we were talking about, those sacrifices in the Old Testament. But he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood. Once again, this is a new covenant in my blood. By his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption, the cup of redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of heifers sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Now listen to this, verse 15. For this reason Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, now that he has died as a ransom, to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. Jesus says, I'm creating a new covenant by my blood, by my death, by my dying and rising again, and you and I enter into that covenant by faith. I want to encourage you right now to take some time, again, enter into, just press into the Lord, remembering the sacrifice that he's made, remembering his blood, that was poured out for you and me. And then I want you to take the cup. I, God bless you. 
I look forward to being able to do this again with you live in person very, very soon. Grace and peace.